Hello, and welcome to Cauldron Cakes and Wine. My name is Polly, and you're here with me and Brownie tonight. We are going to be doing a special episode, and this episode is going to be one where we read fan fiction. So, we're going to jump right in, but first I just wanted to go over a couple of things. As always, please be sure to like and subscribe to us everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, and anywhere else. And be sure... Yes, get a coaster. <laughs> um, and be sure to follow... Applying the coaster principle. Also be sure to follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter. You can also email us at cauldroncakesandwine at gmail.com if you have any comments or concerns or thoughts on things that we've said. Also be sure to check out our um, sister podcast, which is the Femme Flicks podcast. Um, the last episode was a little preview into what goes on over there. Austin and I will be recording our second episode um, in December, so keep an eye out for that. Anyways, getting into it, I'm here with Brownie. Hi, everyone. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the on the pod, uh, Cauldron Cakes and Wine. A Harry Potter podcast. A Harry Potter podcast. Yeah. Okay, I feel very at home here. We're uh, we are right in front of the. We're recording right. I feel like we're on the Hogwarts grounds. We've built a little uh, Puzz three D, uh, big little project of ours. Uh, of late. what Brownie is trying to say is that there's a three D model of Hogwarts in front of us. Yeah, context is great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, feels good to be back talking about Harry Potter. It's been a little while. Um, the next book that we're going to be reading is going to be The Goblet of Fire. Okay, so we're going to start off. I've picked out three different Harry Potter fan fictions that we're going to read. Um, so yeah, should I just get started? Should I do the first one? I think let's just get into it. So for those of you who maybe haven't heard or who weren't around, before, or maybe just don't remember, Brownie and I did a fanfiction episode together at one point. It famously ended with him singing a rendition of Mamma Mia. So, Brownie, have you read any fanfiction since then? Nope. Are you excited to read more? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I... I had a little taste of it before. It was it was kind of abstract. And... Oh, that's right. I read you one of them. Yeah. I'm going to read it again, though, because it was a good one. Yeah, I didn't understand oh, it then. Oh, I shouldn't have I'm, read it. I might not understand it now. <laughs> had a little bit of wine. Okay, tonight. well, we can break it down for you if you don't understand it. I'm in. Okay, I'm but I'm going to start with a different one. Can I read one to you as well? Yeah, for sure. Okay, sweet. But I'm going to read one first. Okay. So this is, um, I think, my favorite out of the three. And it is called Pumpkin Spice by Super Cala Sunshine. Pumpkin Spice is a little out of season right now. I know, but it was a really good um, fan fiction. I thought it was very funny. So we're reading it anyways. Yeah. Um, it was published November 24th of this year. Mm. Boom. Don't read it. Could say that you could. Don't peep. People could fall for it. Stop. (laughs) 
Um, okay, don't peek, though, okay? Mm. Okay. <laughs> you got me. What? I wasn't going to peek. You were. You were peeking at I'm, it. Yeah, but I, I wasn't, saw you. I wasn't peeking in the... I was just interested in what you were doing. I was no chance of reading upside down. I saw you. You're peeking. I've had a bottle of red wine. I'm not... <laughs> I'm alone for the ride here. Fine. Okay. So, pumpkin spice. Latte me, Lucius. His cold snake-like eyes. Latte. <laughs> his cold snake-like eyes roved around the pale, gaunt man at his side. Malfoy had done well in Azkaban, but no matter, for he was here now and willing to serve him. And in Lord Voldemort's opinion, servitude most certainly included apparating to the nearest Starbucks when your master is having a caffeine withdrawal, which he most certainly was. It has been three days, dear Bellatrix. <laughs> dear. It ha- <laughs> Dear Bellatrix. It- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that seemed a little weird. It had been three days since dear Bellatrix had most eagerly ran off to Starbucks with a grumbling knot in tow, though he silenced his, compa- his complaints, once reminded of the Dark Lord's oath. Now what, my lord? Lucius hadn't looked him in the eyes. He wasn't that foolish. But Lord Voldemort sensed a challenge nonetheless. Do I look, Lucius, like I have the patience for your childish whining? His, he raised his eyebrows, and the blonde man, elegantly drawing Lucius's brow, borrowed wand out of his robes. Well, his eyebrows weren't visible, and he hoped it would still have an intimidating effect pumpkin spice lucius he drawled and perhaps the dark lord will redeem you once you have proven yourself to be faithful yes my lord of course my lord he he mumbled and with his cloak whirled around vanished on the spot others might have questioned why the why he voldemort wasn't above buying muggle beverages, since wizards were clearly superior in all branches of marketing, but those muggle baristas made a mean pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> Do you think, though, like, the thing that's getting me is, like, it's very seasonal for a pumpkin spice latte to be available to the muggle public. Do you think the wizarding community would be accepting of the fact that it was, in fact, seasonal? When they're used to getting things when they want, as they want. What? What do you mean? Like, as a wizard, you can conjure various forms of magic and lots of things. Okay, well, we're going to get there. Don't worry. Okay. He strode into Malfoy Manor, gripping a latte in one bony, spider-like hand, his robes billowing around his perfect intimidation of Severus Snape. A hush fell over the assemblage. A a hush? Of the crowd. Hush. A hush fell over the assembled Death Eaters as they looked at him like the lap dogs they were. Avery opened his mouth to speak, but Bellatrix silenced him with a flourish of her wand, attentively gazing at Voldemort. Ah, nothing better than the aroma of this latte, my friends, he said in a high, ready voice, with a chill sent a chill through the room. His eyes still lowered. Caro dared to speak in his uncertain mumble. Forgive me, my lord, but how is it you are able to smell this wonderful aroma you speak of when when you don't have a nose? 
in the back of the room. That's bold. Yeah, yeah. Um. In the back of the room, a surprised smirk flashed over Draco's face, though he concealed it quickly as it came. A few scattered snorts of laughter rang through the hall until his eyes, crimson like the blood of his victims, (laughs) caught them each in turn. Caro, you speak of that which is beyond your simpleton understanding. Perhaps you need a reminder of what happens to those who doubt Lord Voldemort. It's funny because, like, the blood of the victims is not, like, during the Harry Potter series, you don't see blood. Like, blood is not, like, a feature of those films. True. You know. It's all, like, death is very much, like, without blood. Yeah. So it's interesting that he made that comment. No, it was saying his eyes are blood like red. Crimson like the blood of the victims, but like... Yeah, but it's just a descripting factor. Yeah. Anyways. He tilted his face haughtily, and certainly if he had a nose, it would have been pointing at the ceiling. (laughs) He fingered his wand, and suddenly Caro's expression (laughs) was more somber. (laughs) Are you laughing at the word fingered? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I would love it. Like I was, I was on like a bit of a laughing roll because of the nose being upward <laughs> and him not being able to smell the thing. So then it just got me. But yeah, I was laughing at that too. Looking. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a child. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> he fingered his wand. You're like a 30-year-old man. You're <laughs> laughing at the word fingers. <laughs> Don't wave your phalanges at me. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Looking them all in the eyes, as though silently daring them, he sipped his latte. Lucius looked particularly tense. Oh, God. What size was the latte? I don't know. One of the made-up Starbucks sizes, clearly. <laughs> you know, when you go in, they're like, grande, and you're like, I just want a medium. <laughs> you're like, I have no clue what that size is in comparison to the other three sizes that you were going to talk to me about. It's like, tall, grande, venti. Like, like neither of those three are that, any, like, That means help. nothing to me. Like, <laughs> I'll take the first one. Probably. I, I get Starbucks almost every single day, and whenever they're like, what size would you like? I'm like, small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know what, sometimes they're like, they're like, do you want a grande? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just get whatever is oh, given to me. Yeah. Lucius looked particularly tense, as though Voldemort was the judge about to announce the verdict of execution. And he really could be. Good. Just enough nutmeg. lucius's shoulders visibly relaxed (laughs) and even narcissa don't 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 sorry i have to the bridge doesn't connect because there's okay he's talking about the hogwarts model we're not done we have to add something there to connect it still it's part of the like last couple pages that we have to finish yeah that's bothering me i know i'm sorry but i can't fix it we have to finish building it for it to, to do that. Just don't look at it. Okay. It's right in my peripheral. Okay. I'm going to focus. 
Lucius's shoulders visibly relaxed, and even Narcissa, even so inscrutable, let a, let out a tiny sigh of relief. He drew another chilled sip into the... He drew another chilled sip into his serpentine lips, and he could feel his muscles calming as the caffeine darted through his veins. It needs more whipped cream. Another, he demanded, snapping his fingers. But Lord Voldemort... But, my lord, Lucius blundered. He raised his non-existent eyebrows at the blonde. I just merely thought that vanquishing the Potter boy and preserving your horcruxes were the priority, seeing as they are of utmost importance. Yes, yes, he said impatiently, waving a milk-white claw at them. Let me put it simply, since you are incapable of understanding. He narrowed his eyebrows at the Malfoys and at Caro daring them to contradict. The Potter boy will be at Hogwarts all year. My horcruxes are preserved for indefinitely longer, for I put most careful thought into their hiding. In contrast, the pumpkin-sliced latte that this muggle Starbucks brew is only here for a limited time. <laughs> they acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. His shout rang through the long, ornate decorated hall and feeling suddenly winded he sniffed (laughs) he sipped his precious latte enjoying the autumn flavored endorphins stroking his nerves (laughs) lucius turned and apparated on the spot with another word he briefly pondered how the starbucks sirens would look if his own bald snake-like visage beaming out from every cup for when he took over the world, of course, and wizard kind reigned superior. <laughs> Knuckles rapped on the outside of his window, and Harry looked up, startled, green eyes flashing. They softened once familiar stormy gray eyes met his and padded across the soft carpet. He unlatched the brassy window fixture to let Draco in. He was greeted with a chest, but sweet kiss as the blonde swung through into the Gryffindor common room, prompting his Nimbus 2001 against Harry's four-poster bed. How are you, he murmured, wrapping Draco in his arms. The blonde snuggled into his chest and snorted. The Dark Lord is addicted to pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks, and Avery made some remarks about him being unable to smell it since he doesn't have a nose. Harry chuckled, grinning at his boyfriend. Stupid of him. Draco muttered, burrowing further into Harry's sweater. Father's rather angry with him for prioritizing muggle drinks over killing you and controlling the wizarding world, but I don't mind. Draco met his eyes, silver irises twinkling with mirth. (laughs) Oh, glad to... Mirth. Mirth? Mirth. What's mirth? I don't really know. Mirth? It's like three wise kings? Gladness... Or gaiety, as shown by accompanied with laughter. Hmm. Like, um, like, you know when Jesus, like, got brought, like, three things? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh? That's different. Like, what's myrrh? Like, have you ever heard of myrrh? It's an oil. Have you heard of it, though? Well, no, but frankincense is an oil. Okay, but myrrh, like, that's my point. Like, what's myrrh? Like... I've never heard of myrrh in any context other than with Jesus. You know? Myrrh. See, I wouldn't even know how to spell it. I'd probably spell it M-U-R. 
It's a resin extracted from a number of small thorny trees. <laughs> See, I would have never known that. I was pretty close. I said I thought it was an oil. That's great. But because I couldn't bring the fucking trees with them. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like gold or some some like jewel or some stuff. Like. Okay. Oh, glad to know you don't want your boyfriend dead. I really appreciate the sentiment. Harry, you know that's not what I meant. Plus, just think of what would happen if he took over. Voldy box. <laughs> I'm not sure I can live with that. They giggled, and Harry leaned in to rub his nose against Draco's in an Eskimo kiss. Because that's not a problematic way to say that. <laughs> okay. Hmm. What about a Death Eater seasonal frappuccino? Ferret. That just outrageous. It's year-round, obviously. Don't call me ferret. <laughs> You're both cute, short, blonde, and have silvery eyes. The color of Voldemort's non-existent nose. I see no difference. His boyfriend peered up into his raised eyebrows and an expression that clearly said, Why am I dating you? Before he promptly burst out laughing. He punched Harry, but Draco was too hysterical for there to be much force behind it. Harry nuzzled his snow-blonde locks in response and felt Draco relax. I'm only two inches shorter than you, Potter, he grumbled, once his laughter had subsided. I know, I know, said Harry, fingers nimbly threading through Draco's hair. They were snuggled up in the armchair, fingers intertwined, when Harry drawled half asleep. Dreary. Yes? The head resting on his shoulder mumbled. If Voldemort doesn't have a nose, how does he smell the pumpkin spice lattes? I haven't a clue now. Shh, I want to go to sleep. Lucius's heels clipped against the ornate mosaic floor as he entered the hall where the Dark Lord had set up court, his wife and son at his side. My lord, he bowed low, coattails sweeping the ground as he addressed the tall, pale figures lounging at the head of the table. He artfully ignored the bitterness rising in his chest as he thought, that seat at the table used to be mine. Do you have the pumpkin spice latte I requested? I know, my lord. You dare defy me, Lucius? Blood red eyes blazed into ice cold gray ones, impenetrable and hard as steel. No, my lord, it's merely... Harry Potter requested you try a unicorn frappuccino, also from the muggle Starbucks. The snake-like slits widened in surprise as he elegantly rose, rose from his carved oak chair, his footsteps echoing through the hall as he approached Lucius, hand sliding protectively around the cup as he took it. The chosen one himself wishes to recommend beverages for me? He drawled in slight surprise, mockery of Potter's nickname evident in his tone. Surely it's not a ploy to kill me. No, Lord Voldemort would sense it if there was any malevolent forces swirling in this coffee. The blood of unicorns found me in the Forbidden Forest once brought me to life, he murmured, long fingernails delicately tracing the edges of the cup. It's quite a noble creature, and sure, any beverage bearing its namesake must be so. He raised a pine green straw to his lips, sipping it carefully as though it were his last bottle of water in a bone-dry desert. The whole assembly went silent as they waited for their leader to pronounce his judgment on the Frappuccino Potter.
of all people had requested he drink. At last, the cup was quite dry, and he licked his chapped lips, the tension in the room quite thick. This, he hissed, this, the most wondrous thing I have ever tasted. The whole hall exhaled in relief, eyes on their leader as they waited for, <laughs> awaited further speech. Bellatrix to Starbucks! We simply must have these for our next Death Eater board meeting. And all done. <laughs> I think <clears throat> that was fantastic, but I also feel like the food is such an integral part of Starbucks now as well. That a nice little little everything ham croissant. Went a little unneglected. Uh, you think that Voldemort's missing out? Yeah. Like, what goes better with a pumpkin spice latte than an everything ham and cheese croissant? Or even the ham and Swiss. Or the spinach and feta. Oh, I do like the, like, egg white spinach and feta wrap. Those yeah. are really good. Because they're not just drinking at this board meeting. If you, if you really want to delve into this board meeting. <laughs> Maybe some cake pops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's having a cake pop? <laughs> Which Death Eater is having a cake pop? Just imagine McNair, like, like Bellatrix, like. <laughs> you just get to see Polly's face when she put the Bellatrix cake pop in her mouth. But I trust you, it was worth it. Okay. <laughs> you ready? For Malfoy's me? having a cake pop. Maybe. Here's a cake pop. It's like in South Korea, they're having a cake pop. Oh, you mean K-pop. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this one is a crossover one. I thought it would be nice to do a crossover one between Harry Potter and Twilight since I just read Twilight books and I did an episode on them. So this is a crossover um, it is called The Real Hogwarts Champion. Do you know who Cedric Diggory is? Cedric Diggory is one of the heroes of the modern age. Okay. Do you know who Edward Cullen is? Yeah, not as well. Do you know who played both of them? Same actor. Yes, okay. So, Robert Pattinson. Yes. He was quite a with the ladies so in this alternative universe and men maybe so in this alternative universe they're the same person okay okay so let me get this straight diggory you sparkle draco surveyed edward for a moment and took a sip of his brandy yes edward said eagerly yes malfoy i sparkle Draco was silent for a moment. Sanguini doesn't sparkle. I'm a very special vampire, said Edward. I'm also a vegetarian. What? Draco demanded, nearly choking on his drink. What the fuck is that? Mm, You're a vampire. Explicit, explicit content. Yes. You're a vampire, for Christ's sake, Diggory. I only eat small animals, Edward said, and occasionally tossed leafy greens. Drago gaped at him. Well, 
this has been surreal, Draco said standing up. But I think I should be going now. Get back to the real Hogwarts champion. Potter? Edward said, bemused. What are you doing with Potter? Exploring his maze, taming his dragon, and whatnot, said Draco. I like the way you work it. No diggery. <laughs> Don't wait up, diggery. He, ma he made as if to leave, and Edward grabbed him by the robes. Please, Edward hissed, take me back with you. My wife is a suicidal ninny, and my daughter is an abomination on the face of literature. She doesn't even follow the author's own rules for vampires. Please, Malfoy. <laughs> All of those things are correct. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of a fan reference right there. Yeah. Like you've got to, yeah, I didn't understand it, but I, I love that that was, a, that was a real, like, if you what if you read the books and that was one that you really got, you know. <laughs> Do you get it? No. Uh -oh. <laughs> but okay. I don't that's my whole point. Like I don't get it. But you get it and Yeah. Like that's that's and people who read the books will get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you get it, listening, you get it. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> er Draco said, trying vainly to release Edward's grip from his clothing. Why don't you flu me sometime and we'll have lunch? I don't have flu, Edward shrieked. I don't even have a broomstick. I have a Swiffer. I live in Forks fucking Washington, Malfoy. Swiffer. <laughs> the mostly empty bar turned and stared at Edward. I don't really see what I can do about that, Diggory, Draco said uneasily, shifting his weight from one foot to another. Edward looked at him pleadingly. I'm going mad, Malfoy. You look it, too, Draco said. Why don't you get a haircut or something? I'd be embarrassed to be seen with you if we weren't in bumfuck America. Edward's expression turned hungry, and his allegedly amber eyes glowed in the dim light of the bar. <laughs> allegedly. Because <laughs> she makes a point in the books to keep going on about his amber eyes. Mm. Um, I can read your mind, Malfoy. That's nice, Draco said sarcastically, making a move to go again. Edward grabbed him by the arm. You're thinking about fellatiating Potter. <laughs> Draco snorted, fellatiating, seriously, Diggory, how long is that been rattling around your pretty brain? Now you're thinking about fellatio in general, Edward said. Now you're thinking about Snape? He paused. Now you're thinking about your father? Okay. Whoa, 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 Draco yelled. <laughs> Shoving Edward up. What's that? What, what's what's on your mind? That went a little dark. <laughs> Out of nowhere, really. But, okay. Okay. Whoa, 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 Draco yelled, shoving Edward away from him. I think I'll be going now, he hissed, storming towards the door. Wait, Edward yelled, running after him. I think I'm gay. Draco paused in the doorway of the bar, turned and leaned against it. His lips crooked in a smirk. Really? Edward leaned forward and kissed Draco. Draco shoved him off. Yes, I'm pretty sure I'm gay, Edward said, rubbing his lips. His allegedly amber eyes glazing over. <laughs> Diggory, as nice as it's been. And it hasn't. I really should be going now, Draco said as he slipped out before Edward could grab him again. Edward pushed the door and yelled after him into the night. Support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion. Potter stinks. No. 
Potter swallows, Draco yelled back. Who's Edward? Are you being serious? No. Who's Edward? Edward. It's not Cedric. It's Ed- Edward. Who's Edward? I explained this at the beginning. Edward Cullen. Cedric oh, what? Yeah, I just completely lost that connection. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Billy Joel shoved Edward out of the way as he strolled into the bar. Hey, everyone, he said, smiling stupidly. I'm here to pay the piano. There was a beat. Because I'm the piano man. Go home, Billy, the bartender screamed, throwing a drink in at him, which Billy avoided deftly. Edward looked around. Anyone want to make a suicide pact before I have to go home to my wife? A be- bedraggled-looking businessman raised his hand. The end. The businessman. Yeah. Like that's, that's, a, that's the Easter egg. <laughs> Who is the businessman? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Why does he want to put his hand out? What vested interest does he have? Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I completely lost track there halfway through. No, so, two, uh, two Draco and Harry's in one go. Yeah. Draco, <laughs> I don't think Draco really acted outside of what you would expect from draco no i thought that it was pretty on point for yeah. how draco would act in that situation yeah kudos I, to the writer there i think you were just introducing a, a variable there into the environment that was completely abstract <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'm talking about the businessman obviously <laughs> at the end <laughs> him putting his hand up but uh yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Did they give a context as to where that took place? Um, in a bar in Bumfuck America. Hmm. Bumfuck America. the location. Tiger King. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe that was the businessman. <laughs> yeah, a shady, Joe. a shady, shady businessman. Joe Exotic. Spreading his <laughs> hand out. Love it. In the three broomsticks of Oklahoma. <laughs> Well, Edward Cullen and Draco make out. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's tw- if if we if this pandemic was to extend another year, that's twenty twenty one. That's the <laughs> that's the Joe Exotic follow up. The businessman turned. Oh my god. Hogwarts entrepreneur. Stop. <laughs> I wonder if there's, like, Joe Exotic fan fiction out there. 100%. Like, Tiger King fan Joe fiction. Exotic is fan fiction. <laughs> like, he is fan he, he is fan fiction without even wanting to be fan fiction. <laughs> like, if life is life, Joe Exotic's life is fan fiction. Okay, I'm going to go on Archive of Our Own, and I'm going to see if there's Tiger King fan fiction. Fan fiction. Well, I thought I was going to read one. I know, but I'm just... <laughs> if I read Tiger King fan fiction... No, I have one. That's wild. Um, that's that's a curveball. I'm in. I'm in. I think that this is. Oh my god. Ray visits the exotic animal Ray from park Star Wars of the Tiger King himself. Excuse me, Kylo Ren. 
No, She's no, 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 no. I'm shutting this mission down. I'm to expose this, this is not the way. Abuse of his I'm big cats. This. No, I'm shutting Unfortunate for her, she gets caught. Uh-uh. Basically, the story no one asked for. Yeah, no. We're not reading I'm it, it, but... Down. I'm kind of keen to read it, but... It, the reason I don't want to read it is that it, it says that there's blood and violence, so I don't really want to read and, that. And maybe a mention of Carol Baskin. <laughs> I'd mind. love to see where she features. Carol That's... Baskin. Okay. Killed her, husband, whacked him. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Okay, stop. You're, you're on a little mission now. To... I know. Now I'm looking at Tiger King, like, the hunt for the Tiger King. Uh-uh. The king of the tigers. Let's make up. Look. Okay, I gotta go uh, back to. Okay. So, what happened to lattes in. Okay, okay, okay. Raining it in. <laughs> okay. So, basically, I found this one and it's called Christmas Sweaters. And it is. Um, it was published December 3rd of this year. And it was published no, by. Can't, can't have been. Why? Are we at December 3rd already? Oh, you're right. No, we are. Oh my gosh, this was like, like, it's the sixth. This was like a couple days ago that this was published. <laughs> I love how we both doubted that we were like, and we're both three days off. Right. Like. <laughs> Welcome to 2020, bitches. I don't even know what day I was like, we're in, de- we're in December, yeah, yeah, but are we that oh far? Oh my god. Like, I don't even know where we are. Okay. Right, what day is it? So. This was published by Ash Juliet on fanfic.net. Hey, Juliet. <laughs> so the pairing is Hermione and Severus, and it says prompt a person knits person B a sweater for Christmas. Ooh. So Hermione knits Severus an ugly sweater for Christmas. I actually did not finish reading this one all the way through. I only read the first two paragraphs, and... Um, intended to read the rest of it, but I didn't. So do you want to read this one to me? How long is it? It is just over 1,000 words. It's not very long. Okay, I'll give it my best crack. Okay. Christmas sweaters. Sweater the better. Severus stared at the wrap box on his table, bewildered. As to who could have dared trespass through his wards without alerting him. He pulled out his wand and waved it over the box, checking it for dark curses. But there wasn't anything wrong with it. He sat down in his chair, slowly swiveling around to look at the box with a suspicious gaze. He had never received a present from anyone except for Lily. And he doubted the sender's intent. What could they have possibly meant by sending him a present? The box was wrapped in a gnarlishly red wrapping paper with black reindeers on it and a gigantic Slytherin green bow was tied on top. Despite his reluctance and suspicion, Severus scowled and cautiously tugged on the bow. It was easily unraveled and Severus stared at the wrapping paper wondering if it was a trap. Uh, Curious as to what was inside, Severus lifted the cover off the box, and peered inside. To his confusion, he found a sweater with a small note on top. Frowning, he picked up the note and it read, Merry Christmas, Severus. Even though there was no name on the note, he knew very well who had sent it to him, Granger. He gritted his teeth and he pulled the sweater out from his confines. Oh, Merlin, 
he whispered. Well, it probably wouldn't be like that. It'd be more like, oh, Merlin, he whispered. Or, that was a little too sexual. Then also he says, <laughs> the next says with horror. So he's probably like, oh, Merlin. <laughs> That's like his no. orgasm. No. <laughs> oh, Merlin. <Stop. laughs> oh, oh, Merlin. Oh, God. No. He whispered. With horror. He whispered. He whispered. This is literally, this is, this is just like when they wrote, Dumbledore said calmly and then he screamed it. Okay. Oh, Merlin. Oh, 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 Merlin. Stop. Oh my God. Oh, Merlin. No. (laughs) Oh, Merlin. Oh, Merlin. (laughs) I literally can't whisper without making it sound provocative. Oh, Merlin. Oh, Merlin. Oh, Merlin. (laughs) Merlin. <laughs> okay, oh Merlin. Okay, he let's move on. With horror. <laughs> with horror. Oh, As he Merlin. Oh, Merlin. <laughs> he whispered with horror. That'll wake the neighbors. As he gazed at the monstrosity held delicately between his fingers. <laughs> Not doing the sequel references any favors. What is this? <laughs> I don't even think this is actually sexual. No. The other two It was the ugliest sweater. <laughs> the other two had much more sexual references in it. I don't know why we're oh. acting like children. Because this paragraph it could be constrained as awfully provocative. Let me wiggle oh, my phalanges at you. He whispered with horror as he gazed with the monstrosity held delicately between his fingers. What is this? <laughs> phalanges. <laughs> <laughs> you're touching me. It was the okay. ugliest hey, no, sweater. No, you can't just say you're touching me without any context. <laughs> you were, you were touching me. Uh, yeah, I was wiggling my phalanges on your cheek. On my cheek. It was the ugliest sweater. Severus had... <laughs> yeah, guys, we're talking about a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Heads out of the gutter, please. Uh, Severus had ever seen his life. Severus had never been more terrified of a piece of cloth before. (laughs) If it could have even been called a piece of cloth. (laughs) It was so colourful it hurt his eyes. Lime green, peach, lavender, golden, baby pink, navy blue, black, burgundy wools. We used to knit it. Severus grimaced when he saw the way the colours changed colours every few seconds. It even had a hood. (laughs) <laughs> had a hood it's so on brand for Hermione to knit something horrible like that's what she does for all of the house elves it she had knits a... them ugly socks yeah but she still does it so props to her scarves I wanna I wanna you know what fan fiction I wanna read what the Shire like fan fiction about I'm the Shire I'm sure it exists but just like not like anything bad like like how they grow crops in the Shire and like what they do at the like when they go to Bree at the the Green Dragon. I think, like, when you compare it, like, to get a bit off track here, but you think about, like, what feels like home. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, I think the biggest thing about, like, the Harry Potter series is, like, the the concept of, like, comfort and home is always Hogwarts for Harry. Yeah. But it's, it's... also a place of, like, it's not always relaxed. There's conflict there. There's... You know, stress there. There's there's always things going on around Hogwarts. Whereas I feel like if you compare that to the the Shire, 
the Shire is relatively, especially in the movies, in the books, yeah, the Shire gets fucked up in the end of the last book, but in the movies, it's untouched. Yeah. Your concept of the Shire is always that lovely uh, place that you would retire and and have a nice little simple life. Yeah. And love and grow a garden and have a have a beautiful little community of hobbits. And just drink you. and be merry. I think um Hogwarts the only reason that Hogwarts is home and is comfortable is because that's the only home that Harry's ever known. When you actually really think about it and you think about the imagery of like a big stone castle, it could have the potential to be very large and lonely and cold. Right? Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Neville Longbottom's experience of Hogwarts sometimes could be lonely and cold and not feel homey, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But because we see everything from Harry's perspective and he's never had a home and Hogwarts is the first place that he feels he belongs, it's this, like, wonderful, rich, warm place and it's beautiful. I think it shows also that it's not necessarily about the environment but more about the things that are part of that environment. Yeah. Um, Which I don't, like, I think is a concurrent theme throughout Harry Potter Mm -hmm. and also in Lord of the Rings. But also, Lord of the Rings is always about the fluid environment. It's not always the same environment. So yeah. You're not coming back to the same place every every year, every book. Mm-hmm. It's a different place. So. For sure. It's, a, it's an interesting comparison, though, isn't it? Yeah. Hogwarts against the Shire. Maybe yeah. that's another one for another day. So there was a kid at work today who was like... <laughs> she goes, I don't really like Harry Potter that much. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, I like Lord of the Rings better. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Like, why? And she goes, well, one author created an entire language and the other just made Hogwarts. (laughs) I was like, whoa! (laughs) Yeah, that's that's where you're like, "Mm, okay, Mm mm-hmm. I mean, she's right, but okay. like, also, yeah. like, like, look, Lord of the Rings, like the books. I, I mean, The Hobbit is directed at at a like young adult audience, but Lord of the Rings is come a, on, like not even like it's still it's read to young audiences, but it's not accessed by young audiences. The Hobbit, I read The Hobbit the when I was a kid, for sure. When I was but, a young, like before I was an adult, I agree. I we agree. read it in school, actually. So we had to read it in high school, but I was more. Referring to the fact that it's more commonly, because it's such a short book, it's more commonly read to kids rather than kids seeking it out. I wasn't saying, I meant it in terms of like if you're going to classify it as a book, it's like like a young adult novel. Exactly. That's what its intended audience is, whereas Lord of the Rings is an adult fantasy novel. You're not like, yes, yes, teens, young adults read those books. And younger. And younger, sure. But when read, you look I at I read the, Lord of the Rings when I was in grade five. But when you look at the reading level of it, it's not intended to captivate the audience of most young adults. Harry Potter is very accessible and very mm. um very much written for young adults. Yeah. I think it depends I mean, on depends on your your taste, honestly though. Like like they're different stories. One's one's filled with a little bit more 
Brownie, come I on. Guess... You can understand where I'm coming from, right? I can. Like... I can, for sure. But, like, I... No, they're both... I love them both. Like... I love them both. And I read them both at the same age. I understand that, but Lord of the Rings is a very dense novel that a lot of kids would pick up and be like, I'm just not going to read that because it's not as accessible. Oftentimes, like, every copy of Lord of the Rings that I've ever had, it's written in very small font. It's written, like, it's not made for kids. You know, like, you pick up a Harry Potter book and there's big spaces between the words. There's, there's written in bigger font. The books are have children's drawings on the cover. You know, like, it's colorful pictures on the cover that are intended for kids. Lord of the Rings. Mainstream. The copy mainstream. of Lord of the Rings that I have is black. The, the movies are definitely intended for adults to watch, whereas, like, Harry Potter, a kid could watch it. They're just two different audiences that they're trying to draw in and, like, Obviously, I was in elementary school and still watched Lord of the Rings, but I don't think we were necessarily the intended audience, is what I'm saying. We're the exception, not the rule, is what I'm trying to say I when it comes Tolkien, to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I don't think Tolkien wrote for an intended audience. Every author writes for an intended audience, and even if they don't write for an intended audience, every publisher has an intended audience. I don't, I don't think Tolkien was making it for anyone other than the fantasy world that he was creating and whoever could access it they would access it yes but someone edited tolkien's books and someone published tolkien's books and there was an intended audience and the way that they marketed it the way that they put covers on books the way they that they that publishers won't publish a book if they don't think that it's going to bring them money and there has to be an intended target audience that they think they're going to sell it to. That's why um, when J.K. Rowling was trying to sell Harry, like to get people to publish Harry Potter, it was turned down so many times because Harry Potter is the exception. It's not the rule. And people didn't make money off of young adult fiction the way that J.K. Rowling did. And when you compare her to every other young adult franchise like she broke records and she's like the exception not the rule it's like i i think that when these authors were writing they were writing for the story that they wanted to write and they were influenced by the things that were around them at the time and i don't think they were necessarily thinking about the wider implications of target audience or social implications especially down the track like you look at how harry potter's been analyzed and broken down and, and you can you can bring out so many social issues mm-hmm. that you can you can and and same with you can with lord of the rings yeah but at the time and applying it to now context as opposed to 1945 which is when tolkien was writing it in the war like there are so many <clears throat> different parallels that you can now connect from in today's society that you possibly can connect with that time or maybe can't connect with that time. Yeah. So it's, it's such a different parallel that I feel like these, the messages that were, that were written down and the, the ideas and the, the, I guess the themes that were produced through the novels are in fact timeless and they were written in a sense that they weren't trying to get a certain audience they weren't trying to get appeal to a certain generation they were the concepts are in a sense 
especially in Lord of the Rings and, and Harry Potter, in a sense, timeless. Like, they, they go... I don't think that Harry Potter is timeless. I think that it's very rooted in the time that it was um, written, and I think it's very indicative of the times, and I think that if it was written now, it would be written differently, personally. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at it more from a Lord of the Rings perspective. Yeah, a lot of themes I, of fellowship and hope. Yeah, um, and but I also think that... Um, I think that authors do, in fact, write with an intended audience in mind. That's how they decide the the reading level of what they're going to write. J.K. Rowling um, writes in a very specific way that's for children. It's and and her books mature and age up as her audience got older. Um, even if you look at like something like The Hunger Games, that's very clearly a like YA book that could have gone a lot further if it wasn't a YA book. There could have been more graphic things in it. There could have been more violence. There could have been sex in it. Um, but there isn't because that's not the intended audience. And sure, authors might not write with these things in mind, but editors do. Editors look at books and pick things out publishers look at these things and care about these things and that shapes the way the final product is put out i don't i don't see a lot of change in perhaps what tolkien had in mind and what actually hit the paper i think that was fairly like i, I would be surprised if his ideas yeah. based on the final product same with Narnia. I, same with C.S. Lewis. No, I, I, I like, think that you're downplaying the, the role of an editor. Like, the, there's a reason why a lot of really famous books have the same editors. It's because those people were really good at what they do and they know what's going to end up on paper and resonate with an audience and they know how to pick yeah. things out. Being an editor is a very different skill than being an author, right? Like, authors create and they bring things into the world and editors go, like, we need to edit this and scale this back or expand on this and it they really shape the way the final product of a book comes out okay well we are very off topic so should we finish our christmas story back to the sweaters the sweaters <laughs> it's like when you were talking about it it's like that's that's classic me it's like i'm gonna defend the artist because the artist is pure and everything else is <laughs> But, like, it's okay. Like, everybody needs an editor. It's not a big deal. Like, and, like, like I said, like, I just don't think it's some, like, utopic thing where, like, Tolkien just wrote and it's, like, in our laps now. I That's do. all. I, I think he's, like, Robin Williams from <laughs> A Captain, My Captain. He, but... He did everything so perfectly because so but, much of what he did okay, was, like, Robin in his Williams, journals. Robin Williams had a director. He died, too, in that movie. It's pretty sad. Here we go. A knock on the door startled him, and he grunted, Come in. Hermione Granger, the newest addition to the Hogwarts staff, ha, there's a fast forward, peeked around the edge of the oh, door. Oh, thank God, him. she's adult aged. I was like, really worried that she was going <laughs> to end up being like a student of, you know, like. A huge smile on her face. Uh, Hello, Severus. Uh, no, she could have just been like, Hello, Severus. <laughs> Tone is key. He let out a soft sigh. Unless you're, unless you're saying that other line. What was it? Um, uh, oh, Merlin. Oh, Merlin. That, oh, there's no tone you can say that oh, in. Oh, Severy. Sever? Severy? Severus? 
Severy. What? Severy. Uh, Did she call him Severy? No, I'm just I'm oh. trying to find a kinky nickname for Severy. <laughs> Sev, Sev, Severs. Stop. Roasted red Severs. Phalanges. <laughs> Severy and the phalanges. Sev dog. Oh my god. Sev daddy. Okay. Continuing uh, on. <laughs> he let her a soft sigh of irritation and waved her in. What do you want now? Nothing. I just wanted to check on you. How are you? She asked. Closing <coughs> the door behind her, she sat down opposite him and smiled. Severus pinched the bridge of his nose and said, Professor Granger, how many times do I have to tell you? I am not interested in making small talk with you. Hermione's smile dimmed for a millisecond, but she kept it fixed on her face. Okay. I'll come to the point. I was wondering if you'd like to come over tonight. Oh, no. We could... (laughs) Professor Granger, I'd like to maintain a respectable distance. And therefore, (laughs) I have to reject your offer. Now, please, leave me be. I would just like to say that I did not read this all the way through. I take no responsibility in however this goes. Yeah. Granger, Granger. Granger danger. (laughs) Professor Granger. A little witch please reference there. I'd like to maintain a respectable distance. (laughs) Granger danger. Social distance. Social distance. Her shoulders Get back six feet. Where's your mask, miss? Her shoulders slumped at his words, but still she went on. It's Christmas Eve, Severus. You can't be alone on Christmas. Severus stated, I don't mind. Now, I have a few things to attend to. Hermione got the sign that he didn't want to talk to her anymore. So she nodded and murmured, Okay, but if you change your mind, my door's always open. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what door? Ah. <laughs> We're talking about some solid wood oak. Stop. Of the Gryffindor common room. Stop. <laughs> She's a teacher now. She wouldn't be in the common room. No. What's the password? Stop. <laughs> Gotta ask that fat lady. No. You shouldn't leave your door open. Anyone could just wander in. (laughs) Hermione sighed and stood up. Merry Christmas, Severus. (laughs) He watched her leave his office and looked down at his desk. The Christmas sweater shimmered and almost blinded him with its radiance. I feel for Hermione, Professor Sprout said to Minerva McGonagall that later that afternoon. They had gathered in the Great Hall for lunch. Well, they left for the Christmas holidays. She's got nowhere to go this year. I told her she was welcome to come home with me, but instead she said she would spend Christmas at Hogwarts instead. Severus ears pricked up at the words and he wondered why Granger didn't have anywhere to go on Christmas. She had the Weasleys and Potter, didn't she? And what about her parents? His silent questions were again answered by Minerva a second later. 
Mr. Weasley. Oh, that's nice. The white one. Yeah. Which God one is damn. it? Damn. Which one was it? The Rising, the homegrown. Weasling. Weasling. Yo. There's one thing you do Yo. that makes me the most crazy. It's how you say Riesling. Riesling. <laughs> Riesling, sorry. This is dope. Severus' ears pricked up at the words and he wondered why Granger didn't have anyone to go to on Christmas. She and the Weasleys had Potter, didn't she? And what about her parents? His silent questions were answered by Minerva a second later. Mrs. Weasley is currently dating Miss Brown again. Ooh, that's hot. And Mr. Potter and Miss Weasley are both on tour with their teams. So, she said it would be too awkward without them there. Pomona said, I wonder what's keeping her from going to see her parents. They're back in London, aren't they? Yes, but she said they were not still talking to her after what she did to them during the war. It's a sensitive subject for her, Minerva said. Shaking her head sadly. Pomona must be a like some sort of professor at Hogwarts. Okay. Severus tightened his grip on his fork as he ate. So, she's all alone this year? A seed of guilt bloomed in his heart at the thought of a witch all alone in her room on Christmas Eve. <coughs> Maybe she'd spend it in her beloved library. He glanced over at the witch in question who sat next to Phileas Flitwick. The joyful look on her face as she chatted with the charms professor cemented his hesitant decision. Sorry, because she's a professor right now. Yeah, thank God, because it would be really fucked up if she was a kid. Yeah. A knock (laughs) on the door started Hermione from her book. She frowned as she looked up, wondering who it could be. She glanced at the clock on the mantelpiece and realized it was almost midnight. Come in, she called out, and she slurped on her hot chocolate, savoring the taste of the warm drink sliding down her throat by closing her eyes. When she opened her eyes, she almost choked on her drink. Severus Snape stood in front of her, dressed in the colorful sweater she had knitted him a month earlier. What? Don't you dare say a word to anyone about this, he hissed. As he tugged on the collar of the <laughs> on the collar of the sweater, they caused his neck to itch, and he wished to tear that sweater off and throw it into the fireplace. But he controlled himself. You, Hermione, trailed off as she watched him graciously plop down into the armchair near her. The sweater shimmering in the dim light. You're wearing it. You're actually wearing it. Tell anyone I did this and I'll deny it till the day I die. Severus growled, glaring at her angrily. He tugged (laughs) on the collar again (laughs) and snapped. Why is it so itchy? What did you do to it? You don't have to wear it, Hermione murmured, her eyes trained on Ceramus's Ceramus' uncontrollable form. I know I'm not very good at knitting things. You're despicable, yes. Severus looked around the room uncomfortably and said, I will burn this monstrosity afterwards. Oh my god. A radiant smile formed on Hermione's lips and Severus' heart lurched 
at the sight. He may not like the witch, but her joy at seeing him wear the ridiculous sweater for her caused his stomach to flip. Oh my Isn't god. That, wasn't that his whole intention the whole time? Okay. <laughs> Would you like some hot chocolate, she asked, still beaming at him. What if she'd skipped in the sky by the day? He gritted his teeth and said, Fine, give me some, so I may leave quickly. Hermione grinned as she thought it. <laughs> she brought him a large cup with Christmas trees and presents pinned on it with the hot drink. She knew he was adverse to emotions and feelings, reminding her of Batman. What? <laughs> Just oh throw God. that in there, why don't you? Little Batman reference. Oh my god. Little Bruce Wayne. Stop. Hey, how you going? Um, but if she could just find a way to get him to lower the walls around his heart, she might be able to find some sort of happiness. Aww. Oh, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's reference. Leave us on a little Christmas. Christmas miracle. Here we go. We've got two more paragraphs. Get ready for the cliffhanger, folks. Christmas was a time for kindness and generosity. Hermione was determined to show the older man that there was no need for him to be alone. Oh my god. All the time. Oh my god, it's so gross. She wanted to be there for him. Stop. She wanted to prove it to him. I can't. As Severus sipped on his drink. No. Hermione smiled behind her mug and thought, at least he wore the sweater. Who knew? He would actually do that. Well, I hated that. (laughs) And she walked over. And she sat down. On dear old Severus's No, he didn't. You're making that up. And Severus decided to rock. You're making that up. I can see it. That's already done. Okay. (laughs) The potion. Um, Well, that... Could have ended a lot worse than yeah, what that it, it was. Yeah, it fizzled out. I, I, was, I, th- I felt like it should have gone one way or the other. You know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I was very scared that it was going to end up really gross and that I was going to be really disturbed by it because, like, ultimately... She was a professor, though. Okay, but, like, does that matter? If you watched a kid grow up... Okay, think about it this way. You're a teacher and you watch a kid grow up. And then a couple years after they graduate, they come in their teacher at your school, and then you're like, I'm going to bang her now. Like, that's fucked. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's something morally kind of weird about that. Like, there's technically nothing wrong with it anymore, but it's, like, morally fucked up. Yeah. You know? Like... <laughs> yeah. No, there's a... There's Because there is something wrong about being like, well, she's legal now, or he's legal, whatever. Like, like mm. that's fucked. Like, there's still a huge age gap, and what you're doing is still really weird. There's That's always weird. a weird thing. That's weird. Anyways, with yep. that... I agree. The end of the podcast. <laughs> we made it to the end. Uh, yeah, like an hour and a half later, here we are. High five. <laughs> Look at the sound clipped when we clapped. So, yeah. Nice. There you go. Well, I hope everybody has a happy and safe holidays. And I hope everyone enjoyed listening to the content tonight. Polly, yeah. Polly works really hard for her listeners and <laughs> produces, I would say, A-grade content. I hope everybody um, has a good new year. Hopefully 2021 is better. Um, remember, you don't need to set a New Year's resolution. You don't need to lose weight. You don't need to do anything. 
Just love yourself the way you are. Mm-hmm. Weasley is that king. Yeah, exactly. Um, be sure to... <laughs> That was so random. <laughs> I, I'm just going to roll with that. <laughs> Weasley is that king. Be sure to mm. like and subscribe us on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever else you listen to the podcast. Be sure to find us on Instagram and Twitter as well as Tumblr. And that's all. That's all I got for you. That's been a wrap. Thanks for joining me, Remy. Thank you for having me.